0: This is Puck Year, New Zealand's hockey podcast with hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury, bringing you the best stories and interviews from down under. Holy shit, Joe, we're back. After, what is it, about three months? What's happened? I don't know, it's pretty weird for the official podcast in the NZHL not to actually do any episodes during the NZHL season.
1: It's kind of a new age thing, just make one and then not put out anything else and just keep people wanting more and more and more and then do nothing. So We went for that approach.
0: Yeah, Uh, I mean, I think it was just because, to be honest, we were doing a lot and we just had to put the podcast aside and focus on what we were wanting to do. With the league but it's been an awesome awesome nzhl season it's over now and of course the uh west Auckland admirals won the Virgil cup for the first time in the team's history and joining us today is their goalie rick perry how are you going buddy thanks for joining us
2: <laughs> thanks for having me guys and um yeah i just need to say on behalf of the league thanks for all the the effort you've put in this season and you might have taken a hiatus from the podcast but you've definitely been uh, really involved in other aspects so um yeah, it's, it's, it's really well received and we really appreciate it.
0: You only have to ask or talk to my fiancé about that. <laughs> she didn't see a lot of me uh, between um, May and now. so
1: You had nothing important to do, though. You weren't, like, didn't, weren't planning a wedding or anything like that. So it was just...
0: No, that's only like six weeks away now. So, so that was fine. That well, was yeah. fine.
2: I can empathise with you because I'm in the exact same boat. So. Yeah, you are. <laughs> that's right.
0: Um, but so obviously we've just wrapped up Winter Games and that was, I mean... To be honest, I think you've had a pretty awesome season. You've won the Virgil Cup. The Ice Blacks have been in Australia in a series for the first time. Um, how, how was that, just the whole Winter Games experience?
2: Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It's always good um, coming off the end of a season and then playing some competitive games. I think uh, the last couple of seasons having the Winter Games there has really showcased um, what we can do as a nation with the Ice Blacks. And the ability to have our best players there really helps. Um, this year to actually win the series was pretty special, I've played against Australia a few times and um, last year we came close and then this year winning it was, yeah, something else. You didn't just
1: win it this year, you dominated them this year, those first two games was quite amazing to see, like I, th- I know Casey was saying on the on the broadcast that it was one of the most dominant Ice Blacks performances that she's ever seen over Australia. Um, Especially after coming so close last year, that must have felt good to just absolutely kick their asses.
2: Yeah, yeah, it did. I mean, <laughs> the um, it's always good to beat them for one. We don't yeah. do that that often, so uh, that was good. I, I think the the depth we have in our team now is it just represents what we can what we can achieve. It's um, you know, we had all four lines going on all three games. Everybody was committed. Everyone was working hard. Um, the coaching staff down everybody kind of knows their roles everybody's held accountable um, and i think that's it really brings in that professionalism that that we've missed in the past
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, first of all, I'm not sure in the intro if I said Perry or Parry. <laughs> uh, it's been a long it's day. W- it's with an A. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know it is. <laughs> I'm just, just covering my ass there so if someone doesn't comment us angrily. But Thanks, Logan. Um, you played game <laughs> two, and it's probably one of the best games I've seen you in net for. You faced 32 shots, you only led in one goal, and that was the dominant 6-1 win over Australia. So being in net for that crucial historic game, and you're just you're seeing everything happen. All the goals are going in. What's going through your mind?
2: Well, I'm I'm the kind of player or goalie that I really thrive under that pressure situation, So the bigger the um, the bigger the game, the better. I'll I'll kind of come out. And uh, I think you always get up for New Zealand games. I'm always really proud to to wear the New Zealand jersey. So any opportunity to do that, especially at home and um, against Australia, it adds all those other elements. So. Um, I was I was just thinking about my role, um, just one puck at a time, just trying to stay aggressive and really fight for each puck, um, each each shot. And uh, I know we've got again, go back to the depth of the Ds. You know they're going to take care of um, their roles. The forwards, the centers are going to cycle back and clear out any of the the, re- the bad rebounds. So for me, it was really just um, making that first save, making sure I'm solid, trying to cover up as much as I can, and. Um, if there is a rebound, put it somewhere that's out of kind of harm's way.
1: Um, one of the one of the highlights I think of the year in the New Zealand sporting media landscape was the the Kurt Baker Challenge that's kind of <laughs> taken over. Yeah. Now you got you were a part of two of them, um, with the Ice Blacks and the Admirals. Who is there's one major featuring character in both of those who's um Right at the top of it, Dale Harrop is was the whole thing his idea. Who's responsible for for them?
2: Uh, I, th- I think the timing was uh, it was quite impeccable with the Kurt Baker challenge, and then um, with us the Admirals winning the championship. It was kind of um, the hot topic, and then I think Dale Harrop and Fraser Ellis really kind of thrive off each other's enthusiasm <laughs> in that space. So. <laughs> Um, They really wanted to get it going and then I think Dale's made a name for himself in that space (laughs) which carried on into the Winter Games.
1: Did he, was he like, yep, I'll get up there, I'll do it or was he kind of, were there other volunteers to take that main role, I guess you could say?
2: Um, I think he kind of, I don't know if he was... Is he nude a lot, I guess is kind of what I... No, yeah, (laughs) he's not really. I think he's actually deceptively, because of his size height wise he, people think he's small but he's actually pretty jacked so right. he, he's quite a heavy guy so it's actually quite surprising that he gets up on <laughs> people's shoulders um there's probably guys who are actually lighter than him that could have done it but he's always uh he's always game to do it
0: <laughs> Fraser alice for one i'm sure is a bit lighter but yeah <laughs> i think any excuse for dale to get his hairy chest out i mean mm. that's what he's in for yeah
1: he's basically a wolverine <laughs> yeah he is i
0: think he's new zealand's wolverine i love it
1: <laughs> and also shout out to um Danny Lee, who just went all out with his <laughs> pose in that uh, he sure did ice black's one, which Logan had to um, <laughs> edit before it went went out to the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was eye opening. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of of your teammates, though, um, I'm writing an article at the moment about Ryan Stray's debut in game one. Um, obviously you know he's had an awesome time with the stampede over the last couple of years he's kind of like a big part of the whole queenstown thing there you know he works at the rink i mean even after game one um i was stressing about getting the highlights up online because the internet at the hotel was shitting itself so i went to the rink used their wi-fi and there he is to sharpen his skates and i was like dude you're like you're playing for new zealand tonight and here you are like you're working so you know it's awesome that he's like just this cool big part of like Queenstown. He's all amongst it, but his energetic style of play, I felt like it add it added so much to the Ice Blacks, especially in the four check. You see that in that goal that uh, Alex Polozov scored. I was it shorthanded. I mean, it was or just coming off uh, a penalty kill. Either way, um, that was such an awesome goal. And so seeing someone like that, a new guy like Stray coming in, giving his all uh for the black jersey like how does that you know how proud are you of the team when you see something like that happen and you guys coming in
2: yeah i mean there's um we've got a pretty good turnover now of of players or guys who can play at that level so the competition is really high so the let's take for example the guys who aren't naturally born in new zealand who have decided to live here long term who are now on the (laughs) roster or fighting for roster spots like like ryan um when they show up, they know what it means to everybody else and it obviously means a lot to them. Um, so they really give it their all, which is all you could really expect from anybody. Um, if everybody's out there giving the absolute best, um, you're gonna get good results. And, and if you fall short, then it just wasn't your day. But um, he, he's the kind of guy, he, not only does he work like that on the, on the ice, but off the ice, you, you, know, you go up to him, um, he's always got a smile on his face. Uh, like you say, after the Wednesday practice, he said to the guys, just chuck your skates down and whoever wants their skates sharpened, I'll get them, get them done for you. And so he spent that Thursday morning before our game about four hours in there sharpening all the guys' skates. So real team guy, but um, when it comes to playing, he, uh, he gets down to it and he just does his job. And you could say that about you know the majority of the guys on the squad now, which is awesome.
1: It was also very cool to see a man named Straya kicking the ass of australia <laughs> yeah that was, was a that was a very nice thing to see i feel
0: like it yeah. was uh, the irony i was kind of lost on a few people there on uh, that it was awesome <laughs> yeah he, he did really well so i mean i hope to see him uh named in the you know wider training squad when that does happen um you know he's you know he did really well and he he mentioned to us that that was the most nervous he's ever been to play a game like he you know, compared to a Stampede game. Do you still, do you get that when you when you put on the black jersey? Do you get nervous before a game after so many years with the team?
2: The, yeah, I'm not sure if it's nerves or um, the, there's something there, but I think for me it just comes back to having confidence in myself and I focus on a couple of things um, in any game where I, I try and play big, I try and be as, as aggressive as possible and I try and control my rebounds. And I think once I actually start feeling the puck, um, everything else goes out and I just, I just get in a state of play and I don't really think too much about it. I think um, when I do try and think about the game too much beforehand, it just be- becomes too much and that's when I get nervous. So I just try and... Stay away from it. Maybe do some visualization, visualization, visualization <laughs> yeah. um, before the game, and then once I kind of get into it and warm up, feel the park. I kind of forget about it.
0: Now, the other big part of your season is obviously winning the Virgil Cup. Um, aside from four years with the Thunder, uh, you've been which I was during your uni days. Uh, you've been yeah. with the Admirals the whole time. Um, so, just what was it like after? You know the whistle goes, and you've won it in Queenstown. You're there on their home ice. You know AJ Spiller was like this. You know we haven't won in Queenstown in the three years I've been with this team. It's one of the toughest things to do. So, do you breathe a sigh of relief like when you're in that locker room afterwards? What's going on?
2: Yeah, there are there are a few elements to that because obviously it's a huge build up. um The league started in 2005, and I was I was there with a lot of those guys and um, for various reasons, we've had years off or we've played overseas, Um, to come back and to win it with an original team, with some of the original guys, guys that I've played with since under-16, or under-18s, was hugely special. Um, To have a lot of our family there was special. I know from the Thunder days, um, when we won games in Queenstown, it was something else. To silence that crowd is... is, um, you know, something very special and it doesn't happen all the time. In the last couple of years it's been extremely tough to get a a victory down there. I think one of the best things, uh, as the game kinda ticked on and they pulled their goalie at the the end, um, and they had five imports plus Argyle on the ice versus, you know, our depleted Kiwi squad. And we just had this belief the whole game long that would that would win it, I think, um and then actually getting that result was was probably the biggest thing was that um, we kind of created our own destiny because we believe that we could beat a team like that regardless of what they put on the ice. So um,
0: in losing your imports uh, the way you did um, who, who do you think really stepped up for the Admirals there near the end of the season?
2: Well we've got a really really good core of Kiwi players as well younger guys as well as um, you yeah, know ice black level national reps and I think um, losing them early on in the season kind of helped last year we had a similar scenario and then we we kind of fought our way to the finals again and we didn't really have that experience and i remember andy hay saying to me once you've you've got to kind of lose a final before you can win one and i think this year we kind of went through that same experience mid-season guys like um fraser ellis taylor rooney was battling all season with injuries um andy hart was an absolute warrior um gareth mcleish you know these kiwi guys that. That really st- uh, stood up. It, it's, it means a lot to them, and um, uh, with with the element of um, you know weight on their shoulders, they they also kind of were pretty calm under tight situations and just kind of focused on their job at hand and and work their way through it. Of course, now uh, any eagle, e-
0: you know, eagle viewer would have seen from their Ice Black series is that Gareth McLeish no longer has his big Joe Thornton-esque mm. beard. Um, for one, I, I told him, I was like, I am glad you didn't shave that before you went on Crowd Goes Wild with the <laughs> cup. Um, but obviously, it's something that was growing up until the point where you finally won one. Um, so how many, do you see more years coming from the, the more veteran guys like yourself and Gareth sticking around?
2: I think as long as it's fun, as long as we're, um, you know, our body can do it and play at that level absolutely Um, a few of the guys moving on next season i think Uh, for me i mean it's it's fitting it in with things outside of hockey um, life commitments i guess um, and other things that i want to do i mean it it does the season's short and like comparison to north american seasons but you've got to factor in that guys work 40 hours a week Um, and then head to the rink we've got really late practices it's three nights a week and then it's two games a weekend so by the end of the season you're pretty knackered and Mm. you just want a good break from hockey so um yeah as long as it's fun I mean it's definitely being around the guys is something that's um, really special but uh as to how much longer it goes on you hope that there's somebody younger and a bit better and a bit more skilled that's coming through pushing your spot and kind of forcing you out but it's um We'll we'll wait and see. Speaking of um, young
0: people coming through and pushing your spot, there's obviously the the rise of um, Chaba and Goal. I feel like he's in the last couple of years, especially he's gone from strength to strength. Um, are you are you a big part of that with his development?
2: Yeah, well he has to be better than me if he wants to play. So <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Yeah, he has to work pretty hard. Um, you, I think you must be
1: stoked with like you guys would probably have the best goaltending depth in the league admirals wise
2: yeah it's it's tough I hate not playing I hate being on the bench Um, but so does he so we um, we always compete for that number one spot and I think that creates that competitive environment where when we get to play we'll we'll be at our best Mm. Um, we're fortunate now that guys like you know Blake Jackson's back from his injury we've got Spiller Daigle um, Gareth Gareth we lost Krager with an injury, but you add those guys, Kuz, Um our, our decor is so solid as well that they, they help us out so much, and that hasn't been as solid um, in the past, yep. but now it just makes our job so much easier, and it's kind of a similar scenario with the Iceplex. You you, you go back to just focusing on your job, and sometimes you need to you know, step up when the game's a bit flat-footed or, or what it may be, but... Most of the time, our D and our, our forwards are there to kind of back you up as well.
1: I think they're pretty stoked, though, looking back and knowing that they've got you two guys there. That if they do make a mistake or they feel like they can push the play, then you guys are there to kind of back them up.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think like playing the puck more in the corners and things like that where you're talking to the D, you're kind of breaking down the, um, the rush of the opposing team and thinking a bit more tac- tactically about the game, making passes up to forwards, breaking... Um, to the far blue line things like that you're actually kind of influencing the game a lot more than um traditionally just staying in your crease and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> letting the puck hit you I,
0: I have noticed you know in in the years watching you play that you are a goalie that loves to play the puck um so growing up you're aspiring you're, you're this young aspiring goalie um who are some of the players that kind of like caught your attention when you were trying to find your own style because i immediately think martin bro do it when i see you <laughs>
2: Well, that's a huge compliment. <laughs> um, yeah, he was he was one of my heroes growing up. Um, Ed Balfour was my favourite goalie. So I think that was the 2000 um, Stanley Cup finals. Dallas won the cup.
1: Against Jersey, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah so Brodeur would have been playing then. Um, that's really when I started thinking about ice hockey and um, started kind of yeah growing towards it but it wasn't really until i I moved to canada i lived there for a couple of years and i worked with a goalie coach jamie mcguire and he um he taught me the importance of playing the puck and how that influences the game and how scouts coaches teammates really respect that because you're you know it means that your d-man's not gonna is gonna take one less hit or you're making a pass that could potentially lead to another uh, to an assist or, or a goal or something um or it's slowing the play down so you're really kind of influencing the game the same you would off a big big save at a crucial time or um yeah or just covering you know on, on, a, on a long shift you're covering the puck to freeze the play it's a similar it's another piece of your toolbox that can really kind of help your team
0: you mentioned like obviously you're going over to toronto when you're younger that with the uh richmond hill rams yeah What are, what are some of the other things you learned from your time there
2: Um, Well I learnt a lot about myself, I went over there when I was 18, Uh, I finished school and all I wanted to do was play hockey and I would played the under 20 New Zealand team the year before that and under 18 the year before that and I thought I was pretty good and then I I went over to Toronto and um, I went to a couple of tryouts and I remember one particularly there was 30 goalies on the ice trying out for two spots. (laughs) and um, r- quickly realized that I was a, a small fish in a big pond and um, stuck with it and put my feelers out to all the coaches, goalie coaches around Toronto. And I was lucky enough with Jamie, he, um, he'd he go out of his way, about an, about an hour out of his way to pick me up, um, take me to York University so that I could work with him and train with him. And then as payment, I would work at his camps over summer and coach kids as well. So. It um, taught me a lot about the game, and um, I love coaching as well. I love coaching little goalies, and uh, that's kind of, you know, when I step away from playing, that's where you'll see a lot more of me in the goalie space.
0: So, like, you're there when you're 18. It must have blown a few people's minds that there's this goalie from New Zealand there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I got the nickname Kiwi, and I think it actually worked in my favor because they thought, you know, what nobody from New, there's no ice in New Zealand what's this kid doing here <laughs> so um yeah I think I probably got more opportunities than most would and I think when I when I made the Rams I was a bit disheartened because I was a third goalie on the team and I I wouldn't get to play much um but Jamie said to me look you beat a you beat a Canadian kid that's grown up with hockey his whole life he's played midgets he's you know, he's wanted to play junior A his whole life and you've beat it, you've taken his spot. So I had to be pretty happy about that. Yeah, that's cool. A funny story about that team, um, I, I actually played with Peaks, Craig Peacock. Wow. Yeah, and I had no idea who was coming to New Zealand this this season. Right. And um, when Tim, uh, Tim Radcliffe told us who the imports were, um, yeah, it was about... Uh, it was about twelve years since I've seen Peaks. We played back then. They actually named the scoring title after him because he he won the league. It was Craig Craig Peacock's scoring title. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so he obviously he came back and like it was just like old buddies Kiwi. catching up again.
2: Mm. Yeah, it was. It was um. It was uh, once we once he knew that I was here and I knew he was here. We yeah we we got chatting and um once he was came to New Zealand. Yeah, we, it was like you know, times have passed. Hey, what have you been up to? And it's been a while, <laughs> but yeah, it was cool.
1: One of the other highlights, um, for you guys in the Admirals this year was, was playing the curtain razor to the USA Canada game yeah. at Spark Arena, um, which was just a, a weird, surreal kind of thing for New Zealand hockey to see it under, in that arena, like all the people kind of getting the afternoon off work and school and stuff and coming along. How was that view to play, in that game or like be a part of that um situation of just looking around and going what What? how did this happen how's hockey new zealand hockey being played at spark arena
2: yeah it's um since spark arena was built well when it was built um i'd always wanted to play hockey there i wanted to play a game so that w- that's been on my bucket list so i was really fortunate that i was in form and i got the nod for that game and played well and to win that game yeah um, but yeah, it was something else playing under the big lights and it was more of a spectacle. It was kind of a showcase. Um,
1: was it, was it weird to like, was it, did you have to adjust quite a lot for like the, the boards were clear and everything and yeah. picking up pucks and everything? Was it?
2: And the ice kind of sounded like when you skate on ponds or, or rivers, um, it kind of creaks under you as yeah. you, you skate. Yeah. So there was a bit of an echo every time the puck hit or you, you skated. Um, that was, that was weird and um it was really hot in there as well so i felt like after the game i was cramping up pretty hard i was pretty dehydrated from it yeah um so yeah slight adjustments i was actually like quite nervous for that game like the most nervous i've been in a while just because i didn't know what the experience would be like and kind of going in there you can't really prep because you don't know what the rink looks like or like the, the dimensions of the boards and things like that um but after the first period, it was sweet. I was back in a good flow. and
1: Just another game.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Just another game in a massive 10,000-seat stadium. <laughs> yeah. Waterfront. It's pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. Did you did you get to play back up uh, in the main game?
2: Yeah, we did. So um, after that game, we noticed that the Canada and USA teams only had one goalie. So um, Tim Ratcliffe rat- ran over to them and asked them if we could back them up. Um, so Chuba and I put on a Canada and USA jersey, jersey respectively, and um, yeah, I was backing up Team Canada. And um, it was a pretty funny story with that as well. Actually, one of the it, we're on a, in a face-off on our uh, defensive zone, no offensive zone, second period. Uh, left winger leant on his stick and it, it was broken, and so he skated to the bench. And as he was skating, I eyed up that it was a uh, it was a warrior lefty with white tape and um, looked behind me where all the sticks were and just happened to grab the exact stick. And I handed it over to him as he skated in, and he just did like a, a drive-by, kind of like <laughs> dumped his stick and grabbed the one out of my hand. And all the guys on the bench were like, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty cool.
0: Did you um, did you get to learn much from uh, the likes of like Richard Buckman and uh, Chris uh, Dredger like, from been in that environment for the day
2: we didn't spend much time with them to be honest Um, they kind of they did all their warm-ups and everything and then we stayed in another locker room and we kind of just joined them just before they walked out to take the ice so didn't really get to see much I, i noticed that um Dredge had like a, a spare set of gloves which he just rotated in between periods and as he did that the other pair was drying. Mm-hmm. So he always had fresh gloves. Um he'd wear like have a different skins um shirt which he'd put on in, like for each period. Um his manager kept coming in and like checking if he was okay and I just you know, it's a different world that yeah. they play in. <laughs>
0: Man, shout out to Tim Ratcliffe for having the like, just the to be like, "Hey, uh, got, you want a backup goalie, bud?" That he's a, awesome.
2: He's a pretty awesome guy. He's a, yeah. I think you know, behind the scenes, our managers not just not just our managers, but successful teams have you know, it starts from upstairs and moves through management level, coaches, and things. Um, and there's a lot of guys and, and girls that don't really get the, the acknowledgement that they need or deserve
1: and they there a lot of them are volunteers as well just giving up their time yeah well
2: you think of tim radcliffe his son jake is um going, he's over in the states now playing college hockey um so he didn't play all season didn't want to risk an injury but tim was there you know every thursday he'd bring stick bags fill up water bottles manage all our flights everything so um he was involved even though jake wasn't you know directly involved with the team and yeah, he made a huge difference, so big shout out to him.
0: You see the big smile on his face when he got to lift the cuff as well mm-hmm. in Queenstown. He seemed pretty stoked. Yeah, yeah. he definitely does do a lot because even um, when you when uh, the Admirals came on to Crowd Goes Wild, uh, he organized for his wife to um, race into reception for me and he dropped off all you guys' jerseys because, yeah. you know, it, um, naive me. was like, oh, yeah, they'll have all the jerseys with, with them. He's like, no, 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 I have them all. And. <laughs> I get the bag and I'm thinking, oh shit, it's going to be this bag of really stinky hockey jerseys. I can't put this in the office or reek out. I open it up and it's like the freshest thing I've ever smelled. So those, yeah, the Ratcliffe's do an amazing job of taking care of you boys.
2: Yeah, they sure do.
0: Um, keeping on with the, uh, this season in the NZ Chow, do you, do you think this is potentially the best season of your career? Cause I mean, when you look at the stats, uh, it, it almost seems like goalies like yourself, you know, you're like a nice fine wine or a smooth whiskey. You're getting better with age here.
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember as a kid they said goalies usually peak around 30. So um, I'm kind of, well, I'm there now and um, I, I don't know. I think this season in particular, I just really wanted to have fun with it. I went out, I, I worked hard at the gym, at trainings, and I just, I didn't try and like, I don't know do too many things outside of my control I just focused on if I was going to play that game I would play my best game when I'm at training what can I do to get better what can I do to stay on form and I think um, with that I just had a lot of fun I enjoyed my time with the guys this season Um, and as a result I got you know like you say the best stats I've had in my career well for the National League so Um, it also comes back to the caliber of the guys in front of us the you know blocking shots and (laughs) tipping pucks wide and things at times so um I think yeah I I think the key for me was just having fun this season and um if there's going to be another season I'll just keep doing the same thing
0: who are um so aside from obviously you know Chaba early 20s he's kind of getting to a good spot right now is there any other goalies that in like Auckland that you think uh people should be keeping an eye on
2: Yeah, I think Chubba's mid-20s now. Um, I think, I mean, that's one of my biggest concerns now as I kind of get on with my career is how do we replenish the stocks? A a lot of us, kind of myself included, we spend a lot of time overseas. Um, I played in Canada, played in Europe and Australia and had a lot to do with different goalie coaches over my career. So now I'm kind of at that point where Um, how do I transition that and and kind of influence the next kind of generation to be inspired to kind of reach high levels in the sport and beat the records that I have Um, I think there is a bit of a gap I I know we've got a few kids around that kind of under 16 age group but we also find within the sport there's quite a drop-off after that age group as well Mm. so yeah, it's it's a challenge, and it's something that I kind of worry about for, for the sake of the sport and, and what we're doing at a national level. How do we keep keep getting better and, and perform at a higher level? Um, and I think starting with the goalies is a good place.
1: must be really hard for a goalie because, I mean, with skaters, you've got, what, 18 positions you can play, whereas a goalie, there's only two spots, basically. To get time for those young goalies to play national league games, it must be really, really hard.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. Especially when you got guys like myself and Chuba, it doesn't really give much opportunity to other guys within, for example, the Admirals. But then you look at a guy like Finley Forbes down in Christchurch. I think he's only just turned sixteen, and technically he's a brilliant goalie. He's getting a lot of ice time, mm. probably too much ice time at that age group. Um, his issue would be maintaining it, so he doesn't kind of burn out and lose the love of the game. Yeah. Um ice time is a big thing I think a lot a lot of us you make your job easier if you can be in position and that comes from being a good skater so for a goalie skating is pretty important and I think the only way you get better at skating is practicing on the ice ice costs are so high so it's kind of a a chicken and egg as to how we get better in that position it's also repetition of shots Um, you know practicing save techniques and things like that that if you do it a thousand times and it just becomes easier that that one time that you need it mm. um, It was something I worked a lot on when I was a kid well I say a kid maybe like seven years ago <laughs> <laughs> um, but we my, my dad and I built a little mini ice rink at, at our house and that was kind of three meters by three meters and we've got a, a puck machine puck shooting machine and um, there are a couple of summers there where I faced uh, over 50,000 pucks, practice pucks. And we'd just work on like it would be glove saves or blocker saves, or um, we'd have deflection boards or screens or whatever it may be, and we'd just kind of like work and work and work. And because of that, those those techniques are just kind of ingrained in me now.
1: Do you have certain players like that you prefer, say in ups or in practice and stuff, to take shots on you, because you can you know you, they're going to put it where you're trying to work on things and things like that. Um other than crazy people that just come nail it straight at your head Uh,
2: (laughs) I think warm-ups um definitely warm-ups you want you want someone who can shoot accurately because you're trying to focus on a specific thing usually it's trying to warm up your eyes and watch the puck but I think practices in general once you're generally taken well I'm just speaking from experience but 20 or 30 shots I'm pretty like good to go and then the rest of practice can flow naturally because in a game you can't say, "Hey man, can you just shoot it yeah, in my yeah. glove? <laughs> That'd be awesome."
1: <laughs> Paris Hyde's coming down on a breakaway. Just make sure you put it um, on my glove, and I can stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> who is? Uh, yeah, speaking of uh, Paris, who is someone? The, is there any like, you know, shooters out there? You see them coming on a breakaway, and you're just like,
1: oh
2: god. I I love facing Paris on a breakaway. He's, uh, I must say, he's, well, he's my favourite player in the NZHL. I think he's the best New Zealand player. Um, But he is one of the hardest to play against, for sure. Yeah, definitely.
0: I noticed that uh, in the Winter Games series that the Australians, they definitely had a hard time containing him. He just, you know, he works, he's very solid along the boards. And it's very, that's very hard to deal with if you, you know, you're not used to it i think yeah speaking from someone that hasn't played the game
2: (laughs) (laughs) he's such a a strong skater if you watch his feet he's always moving and um because of that he gets his speed but he's also got power because of his size um his edge control is really good as well so his balance is there and um yeah and, and then his his finesse with his hands is great as well so yeah he's a threat from all areas i think um as the league goes on it's you know the the calibre of the imports that come out, they can always shoot. Igley um, this year for, for Thunder, he had an absolute rocket. Um, you just close your eyes and hope it hits you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How's it, um, de- like uh, dealing with Matt Schneider standing in front of you because he's like seven foot eight or something?
2: Yeah, so he, yeah, it's a bit different. I think the reach uh, makes it m- like way more difficult to, to kind of manage. Um, but again, it's great playing against a guy like that because he's constantly battling and he's just trying to you know, do his job, be, be the best he can be. So you have to kind of match that or or try and raise your game above it. And I think our, our Ds, well, our, our team in general, I think like this year we didn't kind of stand back as much and think, oh, shit, it's, it's Schneids, you know. We kind of took it to him and we're like, it's another guy on the ice. We can We can play with him. And um, because of that, we didn't, you know, he didn't have as much opportunity. Um, I mean, he still won the scoring title, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I think, I think we treated him with respect, but we also had the belief that we could kind of battle him. Stand up to him. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, uh, originally you approached uh, Pakia of the idea of having like a, doing like a Players' Tribune kind of article uh, obviously you know you've been with the Ice Blacks for quite a few years now and you wanted to look back on all those kind of like those double HF tournaments and look at the the highlights and i guess maybe the low lights um so i, I but obviously you know we we, go, we were chatting during the finals and you're like dude i think it's better if you if i just come on the podcast so i'm <laughs> yeah. i'm really glad that you're here now we've talked about in zhr for the past like half hour but I want to get really, I want to get deep on deep on the Ice Blacks here. Yeah. Um, let's start with your debut. Yeah. When was that?
2: So that was in 2008. Uh, the tournament was in Newcastle in Australia. And um, for some reason we went to Beijing in China for the training camp. I think the uh, the, the main purpose of that was just a shopping trip for the, <laughs> the management at the time or the, the coaches. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of the older players. Uh, the year before that, the team had had won a gold in Division Three, and so that was going to be our f- that was our first year in D two two B, I think it was. I don't think the um, the pools had reshuffled by then. So um, I think that wasn't until about twenty ten that that the groupings changed to A and B within the double HF. Um, so we had teams like Spain and Australia, uh, mm-hmm. Iceland kind of your usual suspects, Mexico and um, yeah, Newcastle. So the training camp was fun. I remember um, going to the Great Wall of China, um, doing a lot of shopping, and um, not really kind of focusing too much on hockey, which kind of bit us in the ass when we got to the tournament. <laughs> I, I think we all learned some lessons that year as well as management with, you know, we flew in the night before the tournament, all our skates were held up at, uh, our, our sticks were held up at um, customs, so we we went for a game day skate with no sticks. Um,
1: Doesn't the, sound ideal.
2: The, <laughs> our first game against Iceland, the Zamboni broke down on the ice. Um, I think the blade got stuck in the ice and there was about a two hour delay. So that was after warm up. So we're all just sitting on the bench or <laughs> skating on the ice trying to get our heads in the game.
0: What a great start for you.
2: Yeah. And... um so i mean we were we were competitive we played the five games we lost all five games but they were you know two or three goals um and then kind of so that meant we were demoted back to to d3 and um fortunately um new zealand put in the bid to host that tournament the following year 2009 um which was in dunedin and so that was really the the first chance I had for like my family to come down and watch me play and a lot of other guys. We had a lot of the team from two years ago that well, two years before that had won a gold in Ireland. And, um, so yeah, we're able to kind of really compete, um, to kind of push that, that spot to kind of get up to that, that D2 level where we thought we, we needed to be at the time. Um, Jeff Bonazzo was our coach and, um, he did a lot f- for the for the country. I think in terms of our generation, kind of getting us um, you know, the opportunities and also kind of the belief that we we should be better than where we are now. Um, and then, and so we ended up. North Korea pulled out that year, so we played four games. Um, we won the final game against uh, Ireland nine nothing to win a gold. And so that was that was the only gold medal I have is, is from D three in two thousand and nine. That was in Dunedin the year that I started university as well. So <laughs> that was pretty cool, yeah. Um, and you went on to to kind of ha- have a good season that year with the Thunder as well, even though our team was pretty pretty dog shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> does that uh, does that give you much clout on the Otago University grounds that you're goalie for the New Zealand ice hockey team?
2: Yeah, well, I was actually um, put forward for uh, Blues Awards, and I I was actually named Otago Uni Sportsperson of the Year that year, 2009. I don't know how that happened, but (laughs) I think having Worlds down there had something to do with it.
1: What is the, what's the Thunder team culture like compared to the Admirals? Because you've got like kids coming down, playing for three, four years, and then leaving, Um, whereas in the Admirals, it's more kind of a solid base of a core of players
2: yeah now we have a lot of guys for the admirals that have played in Dunedin and come back so yeah. it's kind of like an old boys club um, yeah like you say there there is uh, quite a turnover down there so you have to be you know you're quite lucky w- with what you're given you have to kind of make it work I think we um, when I was down there we had a couple of good seasons um, we, we pushed it but we never really made it um, to the finals until the year I left and, um, and then the Thunder made it back to back to the finals. So, <laughs> You're like, was
0: it me? <laughs>
2: I like to think I built the, the base of the team and then they just went in and finessed it. Um, but it was always good, everyone was in the same boat. I, I mean, you had the, the mixture of professionals that lived in Dunedin and were from there and then you had the mixture of students who went there for uni. So um, it would be you know trainings three nights a week on the ice down there, which is quite unique the rink is awesome um rink staff are great the room is massive so um they're not like they don't kick you off when your hour ends you can just skate as long as you want sort of thing if you do want to go down during the day there's nobody on the ice so you can practice things yeah um, and they kind of
1: prioritize hockey as yeah. the number one kind of thing i guess because they've got that other kind of curling sheet i guess there but yeah hockey's on a friday night it's kind of a Bit of a party kind of vibe
2: yeah a lot more accommodating for hockey for sure yeah um but a great environment for um, i don't know so much like hockey in terms of a nutrition point of view but (laughs) um you go through the same issues with everyone there so you kind of bond really well and i think that's what we find every year that that thunder team gets better as the season gets on because Mm. they kind of they're on the ice a lot more than the other teams and they go through a lot more kind of stuff than than other teams do yeah you, you're kind of forced to be around each other a lot more down there
0: yeah No, um with the with the ice black though, so like 2011 that was australia again i think
2: yeah yeah, yeah. it was so tw- if we go back to 2010 so um we just won 09 we We're promoted to 20 2010 and that was in nap was meant to be in Tallinn in estonia but it was in narva at the top of Estonia and um we went to Helsinki um north of Helsinki about two hours to a place called Verimaki and we had training camp there and that's where like all the Finnish sports teams go for all their, their training camps nice. it was pretty epic um that summer I'd worked pretty hard because I wanted to really like, have a better impact than I had in um 09, kind of I came off the back of a shutout against Ireland and I wanted to kind of do that again. And um, when we had training camp, we just thought we'd mess around for a while and play some basketball. And um, one of my one of the teammates at the time ended up putting his knee into my thigh and gave me a really bad hematoma. Mm. So my leg just swelled up. I wasn't able to walk on it. I couldn't bend it. It was just like aching hard out, bruising everywhere. And um, I was out for that that tournament. So um ended up well, obviously travel with the team i dressed for the games at the worlds but i couldn't play um we played against romania estonia and we were getting smoked. some of those games like 16-2 but jeff knew like i couldn't do anything in there i would just stand there and it would be worse so he hmm. didn't put me in which i'm thankful for um, from the stats <laughs> point of view <laughs> um Yeah, and then I came home and rehabbed it, but, I mean, that was probably one of the down points is, you know, you you train all summer, you've got this ambition to to do well. You've got such a limited window at World Champs. Every game makes such a difference. You can't afford to have a a night off, and it's kind of a three-week window that you come together, you have to gel as a team, then you have to perform and you have to win five games. And... um, plus you're paying three and a half to four and a half grand for every trip. Mm. So a uni student doing that and then getting injured, I was in a pretty dark place. Um, But luckily I was at the University of Otago and they have a great physio school. So a lot of top um, physicians and rehab and training and things got me back on track. I think I missed a few games that season with the National League, but... um, That made me really hungry to come back for the following season uh, which was 2011 in Melbourne Uh, again North Korea pulled out so
0: so (laughs) no a trend (laughs)
2: yeah so we had four games Um, for some I I think we were fortunate with the with the draw to some extent but I I think Jeff Bonazzo knew that was he, he was looking to move on after that and What he really pushed that whole summer was the idea of kind of believing in your abilities and working hard and um he did a lot with more sports psych than he did kind of he expected you to be in the gym and things like that but he also really worked on you know like your goal setting and achieving things that you can kind of that aren't really tangible but you can you know focus and you can get there um so going into that, I think, again, we had a lot of belief. We had a really good core of players that um, had kind of grown up with each other. We'd played together for the Icebacks for three or four years, um, plus some new guys, some younger guys coming through. And um, we played Belgium. Uh, we played, I can't remember what it was. It might have been Croatia, actually, our first game. We lost that game. Um but then our second game was against Belgium and that was probably one of the best games I've ever played. Um, I had 30 plus, 34 shots, I think it was, um, and we ended up beating them 5-0. So that was probably a team that ranks so far ahead of us. Um, that was probably one of the best games, well, best achievements in in terms of a win that we got. And for me personally, having a, getting a shutout against a team like that was pretty special. Um, one
0: wh- thing, uh, so I just like, I've, I've always been really curious how accurate um, Elite Prospects <laughs> is on, on the stats. Yeah. And so it had, had it listed that you had two shutouts in that tournament. Yeah. And uh, Assume the other one is North Korea.
2: <laughs> no, it's not. It's Mexico. Oh. So if you count North Korea, I had three shutouts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it should be three yeah um yeah actually i'm just sort of like going through the like tournament page now so obviously default five nothing against north korea
1: is that the the default five score? yeah five, right
0: um going down to serbia six four uh and then uh, serbia. yeah and then yeah five five nil win over belgium um then you've got australia you lost only two nil so that must have been a pretty tight
2: yeah game I, to be a part of. I didn't play that um was zach zach nothing played in that game nathan walker was playing in that game actually that was pretty cool did he score nah he didn't <laughs> oh <Holy>
0: shit! no <laughs> 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 nah and uh and then last game yeah mexico five nothing so pretty good i mean aside from obviously losing to australia pretty good tournament for the guys yeah
2: um we ended up with a silver medal that tournament which was the highest highest achievement a new zealand ice black team had ever won at that point and it almost became like the yardstick of where we need to kind of be um either there or better and i think now as the team goes on it it's been fluctuating fluctuating around that point but there's this belief that we're more of well we we are a d d2a team now it's at that point where we've got the skill to meet that i think one of the challenge well the biggest challenge that we have is the the professional aspect and coming off our um our off season going into tournament mm.
0: yeah because i mean long season for you guys in uh, retrospect like you start your season with a double hf tournament mm. and then you've got NZHL, and then you've got now the winter games being an annual thing um but even though yeah okay so australia sent probably not their quote-unquote a team for the winter games but you guys are competitive throughout. Is there this belief now that I mean you yeah, you said you guys consider yourself more of a two A team now. So do you think that come twenty twenty that's where you guys will be?
2: I think the expectation is that by twenty twenty we we should be there. But it hinders heavily on the calibre of team that we take away. You factor in double H F tournaments being three and a half to four grand and that eliminates maybe 10 or 15 percent of your players mm. but and you know going back to your point of australia you could argue there was probably seven or eight guys eligible for the ice blacks that didn't play as well for mm. us you know so it's goes both ways it's um i, I just you know it would be a dream to have the best talent or the best players possible for new zealand to go to a double hf tournament in form man it would definitely be a 2 2a two team yeah if that was the case
0: i think i mean i think now the ice blacks um goaltending wise i feel like it's probably as, as strong as it's been in quite a while you know you've got yourself kind of been there a while you can kind of You know teach them what you know from previous experiences and you've got Chabi, you've got danny lee coming through who's young and just had this incredible season with the stampede Mm. Um, and then i think well a lot of you know probably half the admiral's decor is in the ice blacks as well yeah and you could potentially have justin going in in there at some point in the near future too so i mean i think i mean personally I, i feel like new zealand is at a pretty good place that can only push further um and of course you look now at you know look at great britain like what they've managed to achieve Mm. um i know that's absolute, like say pipe dream at this stage but could you ever see new zealand pushing further more into div one
2: i think we need some outside factors to to be addressed before we could think about that i The sport needs to be commercialized in a way that we can actually send teams away for free or at least equipment is free or um you know the compensation for for annual leave that players have to take i don't think we can expect that team to be a a 2a team when they're playing against full-time professionals Mm. who are full-time pros in and out coming off 30 to 50 game seasons
1: coming off a of summer you just been kind of relaxing
2: yeah and then have to pay and yeah I, I think as long as we're hindered by the cost of playing I, I don't think we'll, we'll rise too far above where we are now unfortunately
1: we we had Helen Murray on for a podcast and she's a, a dual international hmm. and she's had to come up with some pretty unusual and interesting ways to raise money yeah um obviously you had to kind of go through the same thing what are the Th- things you've had to do to raise money to go on these trips and or other stories of people with weird and wacky ways of making paying for those trips
2: yeah um i mean speaking from experience i've done like crowdfunding campaigns i've sold old equipment i've run coaching camps um fund it myself take personal loans <laughs> <laughs> i know i think dale a couple of years ago sold his car wow wow yeah um yeah a lot of us are in debt with our parents for sure (laughs) that's Uh, what parents are there for though especially in the early years (laughs) um no it's not easy but i mean we don't we don't do it for that it's it's always an honor to represent the country and um most of the time our employers and our family are pretty like understanding of that and are supportive as As they can be, I know a lot of, or some of the guys get sponsorship from, from other hockey players or it's not really sponsorship, but it might just be donations. Mm. Um, yeah, I was, I was really fortunate a couple of years ago. I had the majority of mine paid for through complete strangers just because I put together a crowdfunding campaign and, um, yeah, like a refrigeration company chucked in $500, (laughs) um, just people I didn't even know is extremely generous. Yeah. Um but I think yeah, I I I'm hoping that the the Federation or in, in some respects the sport can can capitalise on that because you know, that that game at Spark Arena was amazing. And if we could put that product on the ice every night, there's no reason why you couldn't turn the sport into say what the breakers have done.
1: Mm
0: yeah that's i mean that that's a dream that's a dream i had basically after that game at spark was like why can't this be an annual thing or like why can't the admirals or the swarm kind of share this as a rink like i mean mm. obviously a huge hugely costly venture but um you know you think of the likes of say in la and toronto where they have a basketball team and hockey teams all running through the same building and you just kind of swap them out put the court on top and
1: And it's an event stadium and they have concerts at those um, stadiums like they do at Spark, so it's not ridiculous to think that it could happen there. Just put a nice floor in and put some boards in and cover them up with stuff.
0: That would just Hmm. be – oh, man. It would be amazing to see something like that happen. Um, I think uh, a few of us have had that dream. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's it's nice to, yeah, think like that. I mean, yeah, you're right, I think, with the whole – um hockey probably can't go much further beyond the two-way point without
1: without that big event and professionalism
0: yeah yeah um could you see could you see like NZHL going uh in a semi-pro direction in say five years time
2: yeah absolutely i think the introduction of that third place playoff this year has has meant that the league is as competitive as it's ever been mm. You know, in previous years, you've got your one and two, and then you've got your three that might be fighting for that second spot. And then the the final two just kind of wither away. Now it's a rush until the the very last game. Every game matters. Yeah. And, um, you know, it could make the difference with home advantage or not. I actually think the way the playoffs are are set up, it worked in our favour this year. Um, We got that extra game against Thunder that helped with ticket sales. Um, It also kind of kept us kept us going and thunder man they're a great team this year so we always had big battles with them so to win off the back of that gave us confidence and then the following week at home um you know it was that was a tough game and then obviously the last couple of minutes to tie it up and then to win an OT was massive so I think going down to Queenstown we had a lot of confidence you
0: weren't there were you Joe and you missed one hell of a game yeah
2: okay. yeah that was something else but yeah. you, you can see the the quality of hockey come playoffs in, in the NZHL now. So I think it's only going to get better than that. Uh, well, I hope it won't get better. Mm. And to my point of commercialization, there's no reason why you couldn't do that with the NZIHL.'ve um, got to think of you know what would sponsors want as a return on their investment and then how do we make that happen? Mm. But the product's there to be sold. You guys do a fantastic job with coverage. Um, I'll cover my pads in a sponsor's name. (laughs) 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 Hmm. I'll pimp myself out. I was (laughs) going to (laughs) say, it's giving me ideas
0: for next year already. Um, Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the level of hockey go up. I I mean, this year is probably the closest I've ever followed the league. Um, You know, I've kind of been around since the 2013-14. That was kind of going in and out. But this year is the year that I really like... I mean, I was obviously involved quite heavily with the NZHL, but um, I definitely noticed such a huge jump in the level of play in that 2v3 two, two playoff game. And uh, after that game, I was like, that's the best game I've ever seen in New Zealand, like between like NZHL teams. And then that got beaten the following week by, <laughs> <laughs> by the game against the Stampede. Uh, and then again, the game in Queenstown. I was just like, I mean, obviously, playoff hockey is a completely different beast, but to see that um you know new zealand players are capable of playing at that level that gives me you know that gives me a lot of hope as a fan personally
2: yeah i think it's cool having that extra um you know do or die game in there as well that that scenario because it's it brings another element that a lot of kiwi players wouldn't wouldn't have experienced before you know if you make the top two you're going straight to the finals Mm and and that's it but now it's kind of well do you know, you have to keep fighting the whole time and anything can happen in playoffs.
1: And that number three team, they're going to do, like, they want to beat your ass yeah. so bad. And you think, <laughs> yeah. oh, you're number two, whatever, and they're just chasing you down the whole season. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that Thunder team. Like, <laughs> uh, next year, man, honestly, watch out because that team, I think, could be something else. Uh, whoever came up with the 2v3 idea, Stroke a genius. Genius. Yeah. Mm.
1: Um, I wish we came up with it and yeah, we could have claimed
0: it it's, it's definitely not <laughs> um, uh, one,
1: yeah. answer, one other thing I want to talk about with Ice Blacks uh, in your time I guess you'd say that this is kind of the strongest group that you've seen as in the team are you noticing the kind of like the U18 players and then onwards to the U20s like groups from those teams coming through and pushing through into the Ice Blacks staying as kind of a group coming through or are they is it more just kinda of individuals staying with it and then pushing through to the ice blacks?
2: I think there's a, it's kind of a funnel and there's naturally, you know, a bit of fall off as you, you kinda of get to the top of the well, to the to the base. But I think um the talent pool is definitely getting bigger because of um those U eighteens and and U twenties coming through. Like uh having Harry McCarg in the squad down in winter games I think was great. Um to give him that experience as well even though i'm still pretty bitter because he used to be a goalie and he was like <laughs> he was an awesome goalie as well so he could have made it he could have taken my spot but um to just have guys like that involved um yeah i think it, it's great and the the uh, like the older guys or the more kind of mature guys there's no real kind of hazing or anything like that it's more based around well follow us this is how we do it this is what it means to be an ice black um and then put your spin on it and i think like guys like fraser alice who have been in for a couple of years now they're starting to get that and kind of mold into that that space as well um just lastly to
0: to wrap things up this kind of question that we ask pretty much everyone that comes on on the show um what what got you into hockey is it the mighty ducks or is it inline hockey or is it something else
2: yeah so i um it was probably the I don't actually know when it started. I I grew up in Whangarei up north, and um, there's no ice around. And the 2000 Stanley Cup with Ed Balfour and and the the stars, um, I loved hockey, and when I was, well, that age, I had a paper run, so I was just running out papers and doing that for pocket money, and um, I wanted to do that faster, so I saved my money and bought some rollerblades. I got good at rollerblading, and then I just kind of stumbled across a, a place where they were playing inline hockey, and um, that was kind of around the same time as the, the Stars won the cup. So I was like, "Well, this is the the next best thing." And um, did started. You,
1: did you start as a goalie?
2: I started as a player, um, but I didn't have any equipment. It was all club gear. So for the first two years, I kind of rotated between forward and goalie because the team that that well the team there didn't have a goalie and um i like the equipment as well so that was probably the biggest draw card to being in net because it definitely wasn't stopping pucks. because back then i would let in like 20 goals a game <laughs> <laughs> um and then over time I, I just kind of kept playing like in and out of net for maybe two years um and then kind of decided that i'd stick it being a goalie and um yeah luckily my my parents pretty supportive and mortgage got another mortgage to pay for my my goalie gear and (laughs) Um, moved to Auckland uh, I I think I was maybe like 12 or 13 and when I started high school a friend of mine played ice hockey so he said why don't you come along and and give it a go so I did that and then that year was when I transitioned out of playing inline hockey because I'd made the under 16 New Zealand team for inline that year and I kind of thought well where where do i go from here with inline because it's it's not really like i don't know I, th- I thought i'd have more of a path through ice hockey yeah um so transitioned over and then just um yeah focused on ice hockey from there out and then from there it was auckland teams new zealand teams and then throughout that whole time i always wanted to go to canada so when, when i finished school i moved over there and worked three jobs while i was there just to kind of play hockey and um yeah get better at my my trade
0: awesome well i'm glad that you i like the idea that you bought rollerblades to try and finish your paper right? yeah early <laughs> that's <laughs> a great origin story of yeah. hockey black yeah that's <laughs> awesome um because i used to do the paper thing as well and i just ran everywhere because i mean for me that was training for hockey i was yeah. just running up and down the hills of uh welcome bay and toron down there uh <laughs> yeah. but yeah rick thanks so much for coming on man um i'll see you know you've won you're one guy who's been with the team both the admirals and the ice blacks quite a while now um, you're seeing a lot of success and you're obviously having a lot of fun playing, which is, I mean, that's key. Um, so hoped, we really hope to see you back
2: next year as well. Thanks, guys. Yeah, awesome. it's thanks, been a pleasure. Rick. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Puck Yeah, it's New Zealand's home for hockey. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud or with your favourite podcast app for the latest episodes. Follow the team
1: on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter
2: at Puck NZ. And for your fix of hockey news, go to puckyear.nz